0: You know they want staring point you know we straight to the point boy Chris with assists fast breaks like a joint splint head With the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass. You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say. Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk away. You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say. Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say. They want staring point, you know we straight to the point. They want staring point, you know we straight to the point. They want staring point, you know we straight to the point. They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the.
1: HeB76 brings us into another episode. And guess what? It's the draft. You know, the NBA draft is upon us. I have two special guests here for us. For the absent Christopher Kent. You know, some guys like to take vacations during the summer. I don't. I'm always here. Bringing he, us in was HeB76. And guess who's here? We brought him back for another show. NBA draft analyst, rapper, entrepreneur, HeB76 is back. And we also bringing in... <laughs> Stanford Athletic, SI writer, Kevin Borber, who also moonlights just a little bit as an NBA draft expert, because I can use all the help to tell you guys the best information about who to draft, who not to draft, and who's going to be a top prospect in this draft. Why don't you guys talk about it a little bit, bring yourselves in, introduce yourselves. How you guys doing? I'm
0: ready. I'm just ready. I've I'm, I'm been sick of the NBA season, so what we'll, we'll happened to the Sixers, so <laughs> you know, I'm just ready to unwind and get ready for other stuff, you know?
1: Why do you have to do that? This this too early in the show to be talking about a team that's we, – we talk about the draft. There's, there's <laughs> our first-round picks it to is, be made. You like it all has to do with the same, same,
0: same
2: stuff. NBA, <laughs> NBA draft the best time wait, of the year. Wait, we, we, dive in.
1: I know. It's my, it's my Christmas. I love it. And then we're going to start this episode off with a mock draft. We're only going to do the first 10 picks because for most of us, that's the most important part of the draft. The real meat, the chunk of how the draft is built is the top 10. We're going to start off with Kevin Boyle, who's going to give us what he predicts to be the number one pick of this the should draft. be interesting.
2: Yeah, I think the number one basically determines two and three. Um, based on everything I've been seeing, I feel like it's going to be Jabari mm-hmm. Smith. Whether you mm-hmm. think that's the right pick, I don't know, but I feel like he's one of the more safer picks. Um, I'm kind of comparing him to Andrew Wiggins, not really in play style, play style aspect, but more so like mm-hmm. – he, he'll be good when he has better players around him. I don't think he's going to be a bona fide star in this league. Um, but the Magic have kind of struck out on tall, skinny centers. They already have Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac. Um, I don't know what they want to take the risk with Chet Holgram and bringing in another tall, skinny center. And then I personally would go Paolo, but I feel like they're going to go Jabari Smith just because it's the Magic.
0: Hmm. What do you think? Where are you going? You, I'm, I'm you going too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, uh, 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 this is going to be. I'm gonna just take home green then, but not because I want to necessarily. Uh, his game's kind of weird to me. It's like I think I think for him to be great in the NBA, he's gonna have to benefit a lot from his size. but he's like seven one or something like that?
1: Yeah, he's about yeah. seven foot. So I think that's gonna be
0: like if if he can take advantage of that, like you know, shooting over people, kind of like KD does. I think he'll be fine, but. I don't know if it's a wise decision to go at number two, but that's what I'm assuming is going to happen. I think OKC is going to take him at two.
1: I honestly have to tell you guys something. I think Chet might fall in this draft. And I'm not saying he's going to fall past the top five, but I do think he won't be in the top three.
0: How?
1: Why? Hmm. Because I'm looking at, as Kevin already mentioned, I think Jabari Smith is going one. I think he's going one typically because of the fact that you're gonna they're just gonna take best available who's NBA ready for the magic. Cause you already got so many guys that are still young, raw prospects. You don't wanna bring in another center in a chet or a Powell that still needs a little bit of development, especially when it comes to the handle. Jabari's gonna come in and be a nice three point shooter. The number two picks the Thunder. It's now in my head that I think the Thunder are really gonna be waiting for Victor Webman <laughs> for that, then that's, that's the next year's year's So I think they're gonna go with Paolo at number two. I think they're gonna yeah. go at number two to put in next to Josh, Giddy, Shy, and then they get Victor literally in the next draft because they're gonna have the capital for it. Even if they don't get the pick one, they'll make they can trade at least three of their picks to get the pick number one if they really believe that he's the best available player in the next unicorn as he's been talked up to be. So then that kind of makes Chet fall a little bit for me. And I'm like, okay, do the Rockets take him? Well, they're all in on Al Print and gloom. So for my third pick, I have the Rockets actually taking Shade and mm. Sharp. The guard. Oh, wow. I, have them, I have him coming up in the draft, the, the next Kyrie Irving, the guy that never touched the ball court in college, except for, well, Kyrie played like five games, but guy never touched the ball court in college. But when I look at this Rockets team, what they just moved out of Christian Wood for St. Gunnestine to kind of come up into it. They have young guards and Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green, but I think Shaden Sharp's kind of going to be that de facto point guard slash shooting guard. Kevin Porter Jr. is going to kind of fall on the backburn a little bit. His off-the-court and on-the-court antics have kind of made it where the Rockets now see him as a liability. So you bring in Shaden Sharp, who has all the top tools. Like, he was literally the number one prospect going into college. I think if you look at that and all the intangibles next to a Jalen Green, that's a match made in heaven if you're the Rockets.
2: Okay. I'm actually actually anti-Shaden Sharp. Um, I'm not, like, hating on the kid to go undrafted. (laughs) Um, I just – Uh, something feels risky about taking a prospect who hasn't played basketball, like in a basketball game in probably over a year now. Um, I would have liked to see him at least participate in the NBA combine scrimmages or something like that, but we haven't seen him play five on five basketball since his AAU or even high school career. Um, So I think he's the big, the riskiest pick of this draft because granted, like you said, he could be one of the best players in the draft, but we've also seen some players who take time off and, aren't as good as we thought. Um, one that comes to mind, which is very different, is Kyrie Walker, uh, who plays in the Washington for the Washington GoGo, which is the G League team for the Wizards. Um, obviously, they were never the same caliber player, but he was highly ranked at one time and then took some time off and didn't go to college and kind of worked out. Now, Shaden Sharp did go to college, but he didn't really play, so I would consider that like a, a workout year. Um, but with, if that's the, the case, then that leaves me picking for the Kings at four, um, I, think whoever nice. the King, I think whoever the Kings draft here will be traded, if we're being honest. I feel like they need to make a move to kind of get them into the playoffs. Um, they tried it with the Z- Sabonis trade um, this past season, which I didn't think was <laughs> the move, get, getting rid of Halliburton. But they already have a bunch of guards, um, so I don't think they're going to go like Jaden Ivey. But in this case, since Chet has fallen, I think I would go Chet as he's the best player available, oh. and he's also a good trade bait if someone wants to for them someone else.
0: You that would be crazy. If they took phone. Chet, they'd trade him because I don't know if they'd like to play him with Sabonis. I don't know.
2: I don't know. if that, They, would they know don't I... need him, but they also need – that could be the trade bait. They could get someone who wants to trade up for one of these guys and kind of get a more to... solidified piece, I guess. I'm,
0: I'm Detroit, right? Pistons. Yep, you have the Pistons. Uh, yep, the Pistons. I'm going to take uh, the guy from Arizona, uh, Matherin. Yeah, gonna I'm I'm cool. take Matherin. Oh, yeah. the I'm going to say him. I like I feel his, his stock is really I feel dope. like they're probably going to get rid of uh, Grant soon. Jeremy Grant. I don't know if he's going to be there long. You've okay. got all them trade rumors and everything. And, you know, he loves to be like, he wants to go somewhere. Well, last time I checked, he wanted to be somewhere where he could score, like, you know, 20 points a game or whatever the case may be. So I think they're going to go with another small forward. That could also uh Grant.
2: These, these two. Must be Jaden Ivey spots, I think. Yeah. Like, both the Kings and the Pistons could end up Jaden Ivey or Benedict and whoever whoever floats your boat as that second guard. Um, I think the Pistons, like, they have the best spot, I think, because the previous four picks are just going to settle themselves. So they just take whoever's left. <laughs> whoever's left out of the top five, they just take. Whoever's the best player on their board is probably going to be there. So I think they have the easiest pick. Would you agree, Jared?
1: Yeah, to be honest, I think right now in this draft, knowing how like it's not it's top heavy in the guard is four position. But you're looking at this top five and you really don't know how it's gonna go. Like I just put Jade, Shade Shaden Sharp at three. He hasn't touched the basket, he hasn't played official basketball in a year. So it's really gonna go where they have a perfect position where they can trade back, they can package that fifth and Jeremy Jeremy Grant to potentially trade up. I think they have a, a very good spot where they're at. I'm picking six for the Pacers and Right now, I think for me, the best pick for them, if he's still on the table, if a trade hasn't occurred yet, we'll probably talk about some trades that we really think are going to take place. But I think Jaden Ivey will be the Pacers pick if he's still available here. I think they've already talked about moving off of both Malcolm Brogdon, Buddy Heald, and Miles Turner. You have a young core, and if they don't move off of Miles Turner, you have a young core then of Jaden Ivey, your point guard, and Tyrese Halbert, and Miles Turner. And that's a nice little blossoming core that you can build around, especially with how Jaden Ivey has, I think, more of a shooting guard tendencies in his game than he does actually have as a point guard, especially when you put him next to a uh, Terry Albertan, so I really would like to see him more as just a guy that's going to come in and get you straight buckets.
2: Okay. I like I like and Ivy there.
1: brings us back around to you. See? I'm trying to tell you. It could happen, like but there. that brings us back around to you to Portland at pick seven.
2: I like Ivy there. Um, I think he'd be a great replacement for any one of the guards that they're probably going to get rid of. Um, At seven, I think the the Trailblazers pick will probably be insurance for Anthony Simons. Um, I think they're going to go Dyson Daniels, who's from the G League Ignite. Um, He's a very good perimeter defender and that's something that they don't have at all. And so he can make up for the fact that Dame and Anthony couldn't guard a traffic cone. Um, And also – it takes off the pressure of scoring from him because, obviously, Dame and Simons are wanting to score. And so he just mm-hmm. – perfect compliment. Um, I could also see if Keegan Murray falls this far, this would be an interesting spot for him if the Trailblazers want to go with more of a, a forward perimeter type guy. But I think Dyson – or, yep, Dyson Daniels is the way to go.
1: No, I actually like his game a lot. Um, out of everybody in this draft, this might sound disrespectful, but I don't think it's that disrespectful. But his game really reminds me of Evan it really does, like a Kyle I feel- Anderson, Evan Turner mix. When I watch him,
2: so- that feels disrespectful, just because I feel like we associate Evan Turner with like, I mean, <laughs> he's out of the league and he's like 32. Awful, <laughs> um, oh, but I, 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 get the a two pick. <laughs> I get the sentiment. Like he he's a good, he's basically going to be a glue guy. I don't think he's going to be any team's lead guard. Um, he's going to be taken highly because he's that good, but I don't think he'll ever be the best guard on any team so i i feel like it's just disrespectful from the standpoint that evan turner we don't think of him as a an elite guy but evan turner was a solid nba player
0: for my uh, for my so now, see number 2 pick for my last pick i'm going to go with aj griffin from duke for the pelicans oh i oh. I, I, I,
1: I wouldn't be opposed to that that's a a really busy pick for them, knowing that uh, they already have Brandon Ingram and Zion. Yeah,
0: but I feel yeah. I feel like they, at, get, at their position, they don't need to really need to go for starters right now. He could come off their bench and really, you know, score some points. You know,
1: no, I, I would like, I would actually like to see that, especially how you don't really know what's going on with
0: Zion yeah.
1: Griffin coming in would be a nice little fit, depending on his injury status as well. They can be. I think I now have the. Spurs
2: yeah, pick
1: you got Spurs. Yep. Number nine, the and Spurs. then Wizards ten. All right. Okay, so with the Spurs pick, I think this is pretty self-explanatory. I'm going with Mark Williams. So Duke. So back to back two players yeah. are gonna be taken here. Oh. Mark, the Spurs have missed a big. They, Jacob Poto who's famously known for having his own wordle game called Poto. it's it's and he's a good big, but I think he's a backup big in this NBA. He shows things what he's worth. I think he's gonna have a nice career in the league, but he's not a starting center. Bring in Mark Williams at 7'2". He's a do-it-all big man. Defensive juggernaut we saw throughout the college season. He's a rim-running big. He can guard opposing guards from time to time, especially on switches. I like his jumping ability. I think he'd be a perfect fit for the Spurs, especially underneath Pop, who hasn't gotten himself a highlight-tier big man since, what, David Robinson, Tim Duncan? So this would probably be the guy for him that'll maybe have him say, okay, I'll, I'll come back and coach one more year, two years, if that so I like I really like this pick for them at number nine.
2: See, I think the tenth pick, the tenth pick is the hardest for me to pick for, just because we don't know what Bradley Beal's future is. Like, there's rumors that he's going to be traded. There, he might not even be a wizard by the time the draft happens, or he might be traded during the draft. Who knows? But honestly, and I have Keegan Murray falling more. Um, I'm a huge Jeremy Sohan fan from Baylor. Um, the dude's like a. A poor man's Kawhi, basically, an elite defender. Um, he could score. When you're scoring, he's probably like not your strongest category. I feel like that's a good thing in a way because you could always improve your scoring. Um, there's going to be more spacing in the NBA as well. Um, he would be a good complement for Bradley Beal if Bradley Beal is still there because he could, be, he could guard every team's best player and let Bradley Beal rest on the side and just get buckets. Um, I just feel like this would be a little worrisome. Uh, if, the, if they don't have Beal, I don't know who they go with because... I just don't know what the the team's plan is at that point. Because then at that point, if they trade Beal, they're blowing it up, and they're probably going to be tanking for the next couple of years. Um, I actually like Shaden Sharp for this spot, but Jared took him about seven picks too early for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had Shaden Sharp coming here and kind of maybe enticing Beal to stay or maybe being the heir apparent. I don't know. So,
1: just in purgatory is what you're saying. You want Shaden Sharp in purgatory where he'll get his money – Throw in the community, but won't be a winner. That was for Chris, who's not here, but he's not a huge fan of Brett <laughs> or the
2: Washington Wizards. I'm just saying, I feel like I feel, which the, the worst source is an anonymous source, but I've seen a lot of anonymous GMs saying that they're not a fan of how Shaden Sharp didn't play basketball, didn't play in the combine yeah. five-on-fives. And so this could also just be typical draft speak, where it's like we're going to talk shit about this guy, so that way he falls to us. But I, I do think there's some validity to – the lack of basketball in this young man's past year of life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's highly possible. And this kind of leads into our next segment where we did our mock draft. We did the top 10 where we think this is how it's going to play out. In reality, it probably won't even turn out like this because the NBA draft this season for me in particular has some of the most trade rumors I've seen in a long time. I'm not even talking about the first pick, which is always going to be a solidified pick. Not a lot of teams are trading from the first two picks. But when you go from three down, even in the later rounds of the draft, you see these trade rumors that could potentially happen, especially as uh, my Sixers have acquired pick 23 in this draft from the Nets who believe we're going to be worse than next season. So I can see a team, let's say like the Sixers, who have been already rumored to be trying to package a Tobias Harris or Danny Green with pick 23 to make a move to either get a solidified role player or to even potentially try and get future assets down the line. So I want to ask you, too, if you were to see any teams either trading up in this draft to get the player they deem necessary or trading out of the draft all entirely, who would it be and why?
0: I think it's going to be Portland. I mean, for obvious reasons, I'm I'm kind of going with, like, low-hanging fruit right here because, like, the Blazers, they don't have really any use for a draft pick at this point, you know? It's like they already got rid of all the guys that were holding up the cap space, so now it's time to, you know – build around Davis as soon as possible because he ain't getting any younger. And, you know, it's only a matter of time before he starts asking for a trade, too, despite what the rumors may say.
2: Uh, I think, and this could be surprising, but you know who always has a bad draft but has a solid pick this year is the New York Knicks. Mm. Um, I feel like they're just not really good at drafting. Um, And so they're sitting there with the 11th pick. Um, they've been rumored to be in the market for some kind of star, um, whether it be Kyrie, um, maybe Donovan Mitchell, anyone really. Um, so if they could maybe put together a little package, R.J. Barrett, the 11th pick, or Julius Rand- get rid of Julius Randle would be huge. Um, and the 11th pick, that'd be a very good move for the Knicks. Um, I also think the Oklahoma City Thunder, they have multiple picks within – the top 15 Um, they could easily if they wanted to trade both their picks for some a player or if they wanted to move up because honestly I feel like we all we all agree with this next statement the second pick is probably the worst pick in the NBA draft I for some reason the second picks in the NBA drafts in the past past few drafts just haven't been hitting the same and so I'd be scared to have that second pick so if they want to slide up one spot or maybe slide down they could do that as well so those are my two teams
1: I, I do agree that the second pick has has been a uh, cluster of just – you're you're hoping to get a role player at this point or a guy that's going to last enough for you to be able to trade him again because they just have not hit the same. It's normally been first pick, what, third and fifth picks that have been like really the ones that have become star figures in the top five. And then after that, you just find those rare diamonds in the roughs so like the Tyrese Maxis or the um, – tower heroes of the world that just emerge and are considered uh, steals in every draft nowadays. I've, I want to ask you guys, because this is rumors that have been spreading all throughout the offseason, even during the Warriors, where we literally just saw the Dallas Mavericks trade their pick, multiple role players in, Bojan Marjanovic, Trey Burke, for a Christian Woods from the Rockets. I like that trade. I didn't even know you could make trades during the finals, but I do like that trade. When you look at a trade like that, you saw how much they really got for Christian Wood. It wasn't really – they didn't give up a lot. Could you see a potential trade like this happening between, let's say, the Sacramento Kings and the Atlanta Hawks for John Collins? Mm.
2: That's too many so, like for like the Kings. That's the type of play the Kings would make. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, say you, that again? We're on the same page. That's too many, like – Power forward, center type people for the Kings, but that's such a Kings trade to make.
0: Their teams look um, the I just same don't know what the move
2: is for the Kings. Yeah, I, I don't know what the move is you for them. the team just- look the same? No,
0: I'm, I, I hear you. I'm listening. All right, I'm
1: going to need. We're going to start with Kevin and then we're going to go to Hebe because it seems y'all both have an input on this topic. It might be the same opinion, but I need one of you guys to go to Tom.
2: Okay, I'll go go first, just because the Kings are closer to me in proximity. The Kings, (laughs) I I feel like they will try to make a trade. They'll try to make a trade, but I don't know if it's going to be the right trade. I don't know if John Collins is the guy that's going to push the Kings from um, not even a playoff team to a playoff team. Um, They should try to make a trade. I just don't know who the right guy for them is. I think John Collins, who's been in trade rumors for the past three years, it feels like he's definitely going to be on the move, I think. But I don't know if the Kings are the right spot for him.
0: Okay. Now yeah, what they, about you? they, it sounds right. like they will make a deal, a deal like that, like uh, Kevin was saying. But it's like, you know, it's not wise for them to do something like that. If they really want to make the playoffs, you know, every year it's like the same cluster of like big men. You know, some of them can shoot, some of them can't, and it's like a guard. You know, and that's it. So I don't, I don't think that would be a right move for the Kings. John Collins, to me, seems like a, a guy that should be playing on a team that might be like I don't know like re- not like trying to get back into the playoff mix kind of like when Harrison Barnes got traded to the Mavs something like that I feel like that's the type of like move for him okay. somewhere where he can just go get like his 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 uh his stats you know
1: because I'm okay, I get it. So, because I'm having a hard time finding it's been what two years now since John Collins had came out and said, Hey, I'm not a big fan of this Trey Young offense. And he basically came out and said, I don't like the dribble, 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 floater, dribble, 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 three point shotter, dribble, 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 pass, catch, shoot. Or you had bo- bogey or. Uh Gallinari him, the offensive time. So he he's been wanting out, but he had to get his money first, as we all would. And now that there's this trade going on, I'm having a hard time finding out where he could really go. And then what you can really get for him, because I just saw what you can get for Christian Wood, who I think is the same type of player. So I think this draft is kind of the perfect fit where you there's someone there's gonna be a team that's gonna take him. Will it be the Kings who then try and move from later? Will it be, let's say, a team like with the uh Atlanta Hawks trade him potentially over to the Spurs if they decide the Spurs decide not to get their pick cool. or would he end up end up making a swap for the Jazz because you know the Jazz are looking to, I think now finally move Rudy Gobert instead of Diamond Mitchell I think they made the decision and I think Rudy Gobert is going to be the one to go and I know there's rumors of Rudy Gobert going to the Bulls but what about the Hawks switch where you see the Hawks and Jazz making a Clint Capella, John Collins, Rudy Gobert type of switch.
0: The Hawks again, um, Gobert? Yes. I mean, what are they going to do about Capella then?
1: They would move him with, they would package him, them, John Collins and Capella together.
0: John Collins. Because I think I that's the one make that work. I don't know if Gobert's worth that much. I don't know.
2: I don't know, bro. I don't know because he does the same shit Capella does, bro. I, but he, he's an elite defender, though. Like, Capella is solid, but like, when you're getting the best paint defender in the league and you get to give up someone who clogs the paint, someone who's unhappy, um, I've, I actually like that trait, Jared. Um, I think that's probably the, the best landing spot for John Collins. I don't think the Kings should try it. I don't really, I just don't know what the Kings have to gain from adding another guy who wants to be down low. It makes their team title. You have De'Aaron Fox who can't shoot. Yeah. Like, it, you have De'Aaron Fox who can't shoot. Sabonis so who can't shoot. So, your spacing is automatically eliminated. So, John Collins with the Jazz would probably be ideal.
1: And then, this is, this one's going to hurt you just a little bit, Kevin. But I think it's time we bring it up. The elephant in the room. You're hearing okay. rumors now that uh, Kyrie Irving is out on the nets we are hearing even more rumors that the Lakers are all in on Kyrie Irving. How would you Mm -hmm. feel about a potential Kyrie Irving and Russell Westbrook swap? They're going to have to probably be more pieces in play. I even saw one so egregious as to see Kyrie Irving swapped for AD and Russell to the Nets. Now, that just was mind-blowing to me. But if this were to take place, where would you see the direction of the Lakers going? Because I don't think it's going to happen. I think you guys are stuck on the rest,
2: but anything's possible. I think trading for Kyrie is wishful thinking. Um, this is this is kind of the point in the offseason where Laker fans just start Photoshopping every tra- person in trade talks and free agent into a Lakers uniform. And right now it's Kyrie's turn to be Photoshopped into a Lakers uniform. Um, I personally would love to add Kyrie. Uh, I think, in which I told you this via text, I think Kyrie, he'd be a top five player if he was – not so outgoing, we'll call it. Um, if he wasn't such an interest- interesting soul, he'd be a top five player in the NBA, I think. Um, I think he's the perfect pairing for LeBron. Um, I would not want to lose Anthony Davis in the trade, but I don't I don't realistically think any team's going to take Russell Westbrook, Taylor Horn Tucker, and then a pick five years from now, which apparently the Lakers don't even want to part with. I, I just don't see how that'd be a win for the Nets. And so... While I would like to add Kyrie, I just don't know what the Nets gain from reuniting Westbrook and Durant. I think Westbrook is basically a glorified six man now. Um, I don't feel like that's too outlandish to say. And Kyrie could easily help the Lakers get to the championship, but I don't really think anybody not named the Lakers would approve that trade.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say it's possible. <laughs>
1: All right, so you guys have both of the mindset that this is a trade that would just be a fool's dream, which is, again, it's kind of how it worked out where you look at the Lakers having acquired Russ and it didn't work. I think Drew Hanlon's going to help revitalize him just a little bit, maybe make him fit. But for the NBA draft perspective of all these trades, you look at how, like, nowadays you have a team like the Rockets asking for a first-round pick for Eric Gordon, who I think is a reliable player. I could potentially see the Cavs making a trade for him. Even my 76ers making a move. And I look at the 76ers who have the pick 23 in the draft year. They're trying to package it. I personally would want to keep that pick. And if you have, let's say, a player like Jaden Harvey there from the G League, a bona fide scorer, I wouldn't be mad if you were to draft him. I know he came in for the Sixers as a potential workout to see how he was going to do. He met Joel Embiid. He met Daryl Moore and everything. I wouldn't be mad to make that pick. But if you were to see the Sixers trade this, Without the packaging of Tobias Harris, because that's a totally another comment for another day, but just pick twenty-three and Danny Green. Where would the best assets you think you two think you can get back? I think if you were to do that trade, I think the best we could get is maybe an Eric Gordon, or you're maybe fighting for Will Barton, which gives us which gives the Nuggets an extra pick, and then it gives the Rockets an extra pick as well, which they'll probably use for. A uh, uh, Jaden Hardy, who I think uh, that, again, I think that would be... he, he will be a steal of the draft as well. If we I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I think he'll be a steal of the draft.
0: I don't know. They the Sixers. That's you the got, last thing they have. That's their last asset. That's it. So it's like
1: yes, that is the last. So one. it's like
0: you better be sure of whatever you do with that one, because like the team is stuck right now. You know, it's that and players that can't play. You know, basically. <laughs> Essentially, that was as far insane. as what I'm seeing,
2: yeah, that, that was, from that. That was so I'm insane. just saying. That was harsh. That was harsh. Um, I, like, I like the Eric Gordon fit. Um, he's already played with Harden. They, they already know how to play together. Um, what you guys were missing in the playoffs, besides James Harden pretty much all season, was um, you guys were missing someone who could come off the bench and score. Your bench was practically useless um and so eric gordon who he could obviously start but he could also be that sixth man as well um i think he'd be the perfect fit um a lot of times in which we're seeing this we saw this in the finals the celtics were plagued by a bad bench um Sixers were plagued by a bad bench um the warriors had one of the best bench in the league or maybe even the best bench in the league and they won the finals and so i think you guys really need to bolster your bench um whether that comes from this trade or maybe you keep the pick i don't know But I definitely like Eric Gordon the best um, to pair with Harden and and Embiid um, because at his worst, he's basically just going to be a spot-up shooter. Um, But when you give him the opportunity to kind of run the offense a little bit, we saw in Houston, um, he could be whatever he needs to be, whatever you guys need from him. So I I would go Eric Gordon is the best fit.
1: Okay. See, I'm not, again, a direct six fan, so the bias is slightly there, especially as the draft is my favorite time. I would love to keep the pick, but – you're in win now mode. We all know this. Sixers are in win now mode. Joel Embiid's in win now mode. Harden is potentially going to get a new contract. We'll discuss that a little bit later in the next topic. But for to end to end this whole draft talk, I want to ask you guys: Who are your two players? Just give me two. I mean, if you have any more, just but give me two players: one you like and one you dislike. And you think is it going to be as high in on the draft as many have already talked about? Kevin, I want you go first because again, when it comes to slandering of the draft, you do have some names that you probably already do
2: not like. Not names to do. Okay, sure. you make me sound like a glorified hater. <laughs> I'm not that big of a hater. <laughs> um, also, I I can't. I thought of another guy for the Sixers. They can maybe get De'Anthony Melton from the Grizzlies. Um, that's something to sit on. Uh, but in terms of players that I'm not a big fan of. I hate to prove you right, Jared, but I do have a few. <laughs> um, I just I one, Keegan Murray from Iowa. Um, he's oh. kind of like an in betweener power forward who can kind of score. He was at Iowa; they allowed him to play back to the basket. That's just not really going to happen in the NBA. Um, he he kind of gets comparisons to Jeremy Grant, and I don't really know if I'd be that excited to add Jeremy Grant to any team. Really, mm-hmm. um, I think Jeremy Grant's a solid player. But I I don't know if he'd be my favorite. Um, I've already said my beef with Shade on Sharp. I just something about not playing basketball for a year has me concerned. Um, <laughs> we didn't really get to, we never got to play at the college level. Now we expect him to come into the NBA and be good right away. Um, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he spent time in the G League, uh, just just for the sake of getting reps. There we go. Yeah, am I good?
1: Okay. Yeah, okay. here now.
2: I'm I'm good too. Okay, uh, I was just saying, Shane Sharp. Um, I think he might spend time in the. Um, uh, but I also am not that high on, is Ty Ty Washington from Kentucky. Um, he just he's a little Whoa. reckless to me. I know, I know. Wow. He's just a little reckless to me. I don't really know. I I see him as a six man. I don't really see him as a starting point guard for any team. And so if that's if you're drafting him as your six man, I'm fine with that. But if you're drafting him to be your point guard of the future, I don't think that's the right pick. And so those are the three guys that I'm not that high on.
1: Okay. Before we get to the people you are high on, I'd like him to jump in here and tell me, give me your players that you're not high on in this draft as well.
0: Well, the one I'm not high on is Chet, but it's mostly because I don't know how his game is going to translate yet. I'm like, we've never seen a player like that. So I'm kind of like on the fence. He looks cool in college, like the production look, the production looks like it's gonna like you know translate, but at the athletes are a little different than the NBA, so we'll see.
1: Okay, I'm gonna give one player for myself because um, i I like some of these guys in draft. I'm not gonna hate on too many of them, but one guy I'm just not the biggest fan of, and this 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 might just become just because drafting shooters to me is so hard to do. But I'm not a big fan of Johnny Davis. I'm not from. He's out of Wisconsin. You see the biggest – some of the biggest comparisons I've seen for him was Sean Livingston and Devin Harris. That's not – that's not a lot for me. I'm not – I know they say he needs to improve on his shooting, but, I mean, the guy has an excellent mid-range, which, again, we're, we're, Steph Curry is ruined the NBA. I love it. We love to see it, but it's the three-point shooting league now, and mid-range snipers aren't what you want anymore. I don't need a guy that's going to come down court and instead of taking a three – He's gonna take a nice eighteen footer to sixteen footer, and here's some. It's not that I don't. I I think that slows the game down. It's gonna hop now. Mind you, he's a very good defender, which I think will play a part for some teams. But when I look at his game and that three point shooting, it's just unless he really develops that, I just do not see it really translating towards NBA where he's gonna find himself a significant role.
2: Yeah, that's that's actually a good one. I'm not I'm not too high on the mid range jumper anymore. I don't think anybody the NBA is. Um, I would also like to throw out an honorable I'm not high on just because of the way his name is pronounced is Christian Brown from Kansas. Um, I think I think his name should be Christian Braun. Um, but as a player, he solved. But I'd just like to throw out an honorable I'm not high on how your name's pronounced. <laughs>
1: <laughs> see, see, this is why you went first because you've always nitpicked. You always got to find something just to just that <laughs> tiny bit of flair. I think I'm going to start here with the player I like the most. As uh, Kevin knows, uh, Bartram, you don't know as much, but I've been very high. I've been talking about him since college days. David O'Chai has been the number one pick for me. Roger, he's not going to go number one again. It's not going to happen, but this kid is a bucket, a ball. He's from Kansas, as I already mentioned, the team just that previously just won the national championship. He's a bona fide star. O'Chai Raj is going to get buckets for you. Dude can hit the three. He can play defense. He's at a very good size around 6'4", between 6'4 and 6'6". I like his game a lot. I think when you talk about guys that are coming and make immediate impacts, he can be one of them because of how he's automatically going to come into this role-playing role if he ends up being a star. That just even proves me further, right, that this kid has star potential in him. But I just really like his game and just how he really conducts himself and has made a major jump as a leader throughout his college career. Like so that. we're going to go into you, Bartram you next. Oh, but thank you. Well,
0: he the, the player I like, I like the most?
1: Yeah, I like the most. It could be any player. It could even be in the top five, even though we've already did the top five. You could tell me any player you like the most in this draft that yeah. you think is going to have the most shine, upside, or just somebody that's going to surprise a lot of people.
0: I'm going to go with Ivy. I think he's probably the most underrated player in the draft.
1: Wow!
0: Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna underrated? be my pick. Yeah, I think he's the most underrated well, player. Sure. I, did,
1: I, I, would, I wouldn't know. I can respect that.
0: Hmm. I mean, he's not gonna I go think, number I one, two, and pretty three. Pretty so pretty
2: soft.
1: Yeah. True. Oh, you would if you had the chance. You tell me you would take him at one, two, or three if you were to make a pick for one of those teams.
0: If I if I if I had to choose if I were one of those three teams? Would I take Ivy?
1: Yeah, would you take him one? Mm -hmm.
0: No, I I wouldn't take him one. I would the
1: Thunder Magic
0: Okay. Nah, none of those teams would need him for number one, but I do think he's underrated, though.
1: Okay. I I respect that. I like his game a lot. I have never really thought of him as underrated because of just how – high octane offense he is and just like that dude if you look at comparisons and i think it's like one of the best comparisons i've seen for him so far has just been like a dive mitchell yeah. type of game so i like him a lot in this draft i think kevin is back to you players you like no more slander i need i need you all positivity in this one who, who do you like I'm feeling,
2: very, I'm feeling very positive um i actually have a few uh one of them is and i don't hopefully i say his name right is marjan Bochamp, who is from the g league ignite um, he was, he didn't go to college and then he ended up at a junior college, I believe, and, uh, made his way to the G league at night. Um, he could defend he's six eleven, So he's kind of could defend one through five basically. And then on the offense, he's obviously growing as a player. And so I think anytime you could get a guy who could come in right away and defend, that's a huge, huge addition. Um, I would also like to shout out Benedict Matherin. I know we touched on him earlier, but He's probably my favorite prospect just from a pure star power. Um, just star power. Uh, I, he kind of reminds me of Paul George, a better shooting Paul George from three. And then lastly, I would like to shout out. And European guys always get – they catch a little slack just because they're from Europe and we don't really get to see them until they get to the league. Um, Nikola Jovic. Um, he's 18 years old. Uh a 6'11 forward that kind of plays like Jokic, um, similar name, not the same guy. But he could pass, he could shoot, and he could dribble. And I think he's the perfect fit for the modern NBA. Um, He's a big guy that can handle the ball and kind of run the offense. And I think that once he gets into the league, we'll see him a lot more. But right now, he's kind of a mid-to-late first-round guy that I'm also really high on.
1: Okay, I like that. I like like him – just as much as I would say Ty Ty Washington, who you've just told me now that you, you are just not a fan of, that that kind of broke <laughs> me down just a little bit because I like his game. But I wanted to thank you guys for coming on the show, but we're going to end this show with one more topic. It's going to be a little bit of a contract extension talk. You have two guys, James Harden and Bradley Bill, that have free agent contract extension talks lingering into this offseason, which starts, I believe, June 29th. June 30th, one of those two days. I don't have to double-check, but you have these two guys who have massive contracts on the table. Does James Harden take the five-year? You're hearing rumors that he's going to take a lesser deal, but we don't know what the money's going to be like. And then you also have Bradley Beal, whose decision has been made, but he won't tell us his decision on his contract and with the Wizards. I want to ask you two guys now, for the Bradley Beal, James Harden aesthetic, what do you think will happen with both? Do you think James Harden will take a lesser deal or do you think he's really going to opt into that 47 million to get the bag later on? And do you think Bradley Beal will return to the Washington Wizards for the 200-plus million that he will get or will he test free agency for the first time in his career and go to join a winning franchise? And then, I I forgot. we start with you. I don't
0: think so. I think he's going to just sign that big Q's deal with the wizards again and then he'll be back there and probably losing like you know 45 games a year or whatever the case is bill bill doesn't want to win bro
2: yeah I, I, not at all I think I think bill's gonna take I the hear, deal hear the same mindset I think bill mm-hmm. I think he shouldn't take the deal I think it I, it would be great to see him contribute to a winning team. Um, but I do think that James Harden will take the deal. Um, I think Harden is kind of on the back end of his career. Sorry, Jared. Um, but he's he's in a mode where he just he, – he's going to get his bag, and if he happens to win basketball games along the way, I think he's fine with that. Um, I think he's proven time and, time and time again that he's more of a, a guy who is there for the money and therefore, like – the personal accolades rather than winning more so than I, like I think James Harden's going to take the deal. I think which we talked about this right before the podcast started, Jared realist in a a perfect world, he would not take the deal, take a pay cut, allow the 76ers to make some moves. If they, if they find the whatever options that they think they can add to their bench. But realistically, I think he's taking the deal. Um, Bradley Beal doesn't take the deal. I think, which I'm going to pose this question to you, Jared, which team would you like to see him on? because he he's definitely got a uh, dribble-dribble basketball-style type of a play, like Trey Young and other people. So what what team do you think he fits on if he wasn't to take the deal?
1: What team would I love to see Bradley Bill on? That's 76ers. That's not, I would say, home.
2: yeah. That's okay.
1: 76ers because he's also a clutch shooter as well. But, again, if I was to be in all honesty, because how would the Sixers move him, to bias whatever, if I was to see Bradley Bill, of actually, like, theoretically say, hey, I'm really going to leave the Wizards, which I think this might be the offseason, where if he's being this secretive about it, I think he is deciding that he's not going to stay with them. I can see Boston making the push for him. Boston or Miami really making a push for him. I think he fits both teams. I know if you bring him into either of those teams, it helps, literally helps both Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler, especially as we saw Jason Tatum gas out. Come fourth quarters, come second half of games, bill will be there with a much better ball handle than a Jalen Brown to literally elevate them a little bit, give bring them that scoring life that they need. And then especially when he comes to the Heat, he's another ball handle, which they did they desperately need as well, because it was only Jimmy and Kyler at times. And he can also create his own shot. He's not stagnant. He's 28 years old or going on 29. And he helps both of those teams fit immediately where it just comes to that secondary or primary score that they really need. Because we saw it, especially in the Heat's case. Jimmy Butler is was a dominant scorer. Playoff Jimmy was emerged as one of the best guys we've seen come playoffs, but it was just him. And Jimmy's not really even a number one guy like that. He's a number two guy that just steps up huge in fourth quarter. So I think I would much rather see Bradley Bill go to the heat, ball out, play next to Jimmy who's going to bring out that dog, who's going to play defensively minded, and then they still have a Kyle Lowry who's a playmaking facilitating guard. But if I was to see Bradley Bill leave, it's, it's between those two teams, I think. I don't think he really goes out west coast. I don't think he joins the Mavs. I don't really see him pushing to go to a team like the Jazz or anything like that. I think he really stays in the east coast.
2: Yeah, I, th- I like the Heat a lot, especially since he's a Florida guy from school. Um, he went to the University of Florida. Um, I think I that think he would be a better fit. Um, just The cynical person in me says, what if the Nets signed and trade Kyrie Irving? With Bradley Beal and just sent Kyrie to Washington to to just go have fun there by himself.
1: <laughs> I can see it happening, especially if they package a couple first-round picks. The Sixers pick that they uh, have deferred <laughs> that would be ridiculous. I, I could see it happening though, because which really, I don't really understand the whole Kyrie situation. That's why we I didn't I didn't want to touch into it too much in this episode because. What, what do they mean by he's they're out right now? Like, is, is it just out of contract talks, or is it out because of the fact that they're in a disagreement of how the team's being run? Because as Kyrie has mentioned, he, Kevin Durant, Nash Harris, the owner, or I forgot who their owner is at the point. They're all going to be talking together about how management and the team is going to, the roster construction and stuff like that. Like, I don't know really what him being out entails, because I know for a fact that KD's not going to let Kyrie Irving walk. They just acquired Ben Simmons. <laughs> Kyrie is the one that brought KD in, potentially. He's the one that basically during an all-star game said, yo, let's go play together. Let's make this happen. So I don't think KD going to say, yo, Kyrie, you got you can leave now. No, it's, they want to ring together. So I think he's there for the long haul. It's just about now how much money is he going to either take less or how many years he's going to take left to make that deal happen.
2: Yeah, I think I think with the Nets, they basically just want Kyrie Irving to promise that he's not going to like just miss games for personal reasons or whatever it may be. I think they just they just want Kyrie to come play basketball and come show up every day. And <laughs> I don't know if Kyrie can make that commitment. And I don't know if, even if he does, I don't know if you could count on him to, to follow through with that. And so I think it's, they're kind of between a rock and a hard place of like, we want you to be here, but at the same time, if you're going to be here 50% of the time or 70% of the time and not tell us when you're not going to be here, there's just no point us like working together anymore. Because I think, realistically everyone's gonna want Kyrie Irving. I just if there's a team that wants to deal with his antics, then you could get whatever you want for him. It's just a matter of if the Nets could figure it out, that'd be ideal.
1: March, Did would you... you take Kyrie Irving on the Clippers if you had the chance?
0: Oh, um damn. It that depends on what they gotta give up to get Kyrie. If it's like Reggie Jackson and Norm Powell, no. Everybody else, yeah. I'd rather, I, would rather keep, I'd rather keep Powell and Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, and all them can go though. Kyrie's that talented, yo. I can't, even though he's crazy, you know. If we can get him on the Clippers, that'll be. though <laughs> he's me. crazy. Even though.
1: <laughs> but with that being said, I'd like to thank you guys for listening to another episode of Straight to the Point podcast. I'm here again with Kevin Borba and Ibrahim Himi76. I want you guys to drop your socials, let them know who you who they're listening to. Drop your drop your instas.
2: You you can go I'm first, Kevin. Kevin Borba underscore or Kevin under, at Kevin underscore Borba. You could follow me for all things, college football, whatever. Um, I got a college football podcast with the Believe Podcast Network. And then I'm tweeting constant opinions about everything uh, sports related. So hit me up. Tell me if you disagree. <laughs> I
0: ain't got nothing to plug right now, but listen to Straight to
2: the Point. <laughs> As
1: always, let's get straight to the point. Follow us on all your favorite podcasts at STTP Podcast. We're trying to get to 1,000 followers and Rise. We're almost there. Hit us up. Send Tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow at underscore Chris Cross. I know he's not here, but definitely shout him out. Ask him some questions. And follow me at underscore of You know me. Always ready to talk
0: six or even. Let's get to it.